Hey, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Neko Thinks Things. Um, I haven't recorded an episode in a long time. I've been super busy. And there was a lot of stuff going on. And I couldn't find time, honestly. And also, I remember last time, on the last episode I said... The next topic wasn't going to be so depressing, and I didn't have anything that wasn't depressing to talk about. (laughs) But uh, I've got some time now, and I'm not exactly sure what specifically I'm going to talk about, but I'm going to talk about music. Uh, Music is like the most important thing in my life, and it has been for like most of my life. I love music. I think most people really love music. But uh yeah, music is like the best thing ever. It's super therapeutic for me. It's it's gotten me through like a lot of rough times. Uh I enjoy making music. I enjoy listening to music. It's like life-alteringly awesome. So what I think I'm going to talk about are my top maybe five, maybe three, we'll see, albums. Now, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about music that has, like, changed my life. So it doesn't even necessarily have to be, like, my favorite albums, top ten, whatever. Just music that changed my life. So let me start with... The earliest recollection of music I have is I was one year old. I know. A bunch of people don't remember that. I remember as far back as one years old. One year old. I don't know how to say it properly. I have a really good memory. Um, I'm not the only one. A lot of people in my family have memories like this. People don't believe us, but it's true. I was one. I think I was almost two. I don't know. I don't remember everything, obviously. I just have some some memories. And one of my earliest memories is a tape that my father would play on a radio. And on the tape were two songs. I mean, there were more than two songs, but the two I remember were The Turtles, You Showed Me. You Showed Me by the Turtles. I should have said it that way. You Showed Me by the Turtles, which is a great song. It's from like the 60s. And um, what is it called? The Lion Sleeps Tonight? I don't even know what the name of the song is. But you know, In the Jungle, that that song. Uh, That's like my earliest memory, like ever. Um, None of that really changed my life, but I've just always been listening to music. Then, uh, you know, throughout my youth, I was always listening to music, but not of my own. Just there was always music playing in the house. My father was always playing music. I was always listening to music. Um, Then I reached maybe, I was six years old, actually. I don't know why I said maybe. I was six years old. And for Christmas, my grandfather got me a radio that, played cassettes and allowed you to record onto cassettes so my father gave me like two or three cassettes 
taught me how to do the whole tape thing so that I can record over them or not or whatever. And um, I would just listen to the radio and record songs I like. Mixtapes, literally making mixtapes. Um, it was a lot of stupid stuff. You know, stuff that didn't really fit together. I had like the Fugees and the Bee Gees. Ah, that's funny, the Gs. But yeah, I had like the Fugees and the Bee Gees next to like the Beatles and stuff. It was all over the place. I was just, I didn't know what radio stations were either. I would just, you know, fiddle with the knob until it landed on a radio station where someone wasn't talking. And then just listen to it. And then if something sounded cool, I would tape it. You know, I'd record it. And I did a horrible job, obviously. I would tape over songs all the time. But still, it was awesome. For six-year-old me, it was like amazing. Then I got a little bit older, maybe 11. So that's not a little bit. That's much older than six. And um, my cousin got the internet. It wasn't my cousin. It was his parents, you know, my aunt. They got the internet. And my cousin figured out how to download music, you know, my my uncle and stuff. And they were like, yeah, you can make CDs. And I was like, this is crazy. Because before then, you can ask anybody, which you're not going to because you don't know anybody, but you can ask anybody who was there when I was a kid. I always had a CD player all the time. I had a CD player with headphones and I would listen to Whatever my parents had. I listened to like two Frank Sinatra albums that were great. Um, I had a lot of Michael Jackson I used to listen to. Also like hip-hop, R&B stuff. I think we had like a Keith Sweat album. <laughs> it was all over the place. I had a ton of stuff. Plus my another uncle of mine used to always make CDs for my father. So I had that when I was nine, an aunt of mine made me like three CDs of like a bunch of Motown stuff. And then like another CD of just like stuff from the 50s and 60s, rock and roll and all that. It was great. And when I was a kid, I was always listening to music. Then I could make my own CDs at my cousin's place when I was like 10 or 11. And... They would be really stupid CDs. It'd be all over the place because my, my musical taste was all over the place. And it stayed like this for mm, all of my life. You know, No, that, that was a stupid sentence because I was thinking in my head what I was going to say next before. So when I spoke, it didn't make any sense. So pretend I edited that part out. It stayed like that for a few more years um, until I was about 14. When I was about 13, 14, we got internet here at my home. And I figured out how to get music. And so I would just start going to YouTube and finding bands. Just like typing in, literally just like typing in the names of bands that I'd heard of before that I'd never heard the music of. Or bands that I already knew of and then discovering more music. Or, you know, YouTube would just recommend. And... I discovered there were two bands that blew me away. These, these, these are the first two bands that I would say changed my life, that made me take music seriously. Like, wow, this is crazy. This is like musicianship at a high level. The first were the Beatles. The Beatles are 
amazing, were amazing. They used to be my favorite band at the time. They were my favorite band for a long time, up until I was like 17. The Beatles were my favorite band. Um, I was a really big fan of their their later albums. The White Album was amazing. That album blew my mind. Abbey Road, obviously, is amazing. Sgt. Pepper was crazy. The songs that stuck out, the song... So, my favorite Beatles song of all time has always been, and still is, Strawberry Fields. It's an amazing song, musically. Lyrically, I don't... uh, You know, it's the Beatles. They were high all the time. But musically, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's amazing. If you haven't listened to it, listen to it. It is dope. And that song I rediscovered. I I had heard that song before um, as a kid. But, you know, I didn't listen to it like that. You know, I wasn't paying attention. I was just listening to songs that I thought sounded cool when I was younger. But when I was like 13, 14, I was like paying attention. And Strawberry Fields was which blew my mind. Also, uh, I Want You, She's So Heavy, was like, I would listen to that song for like hours. I don't think I'm exaggerating. Just like on on repeat, just crazy. And then uh, a lot of, a lot of the White Album. Um, Happiness is a Warm Gun was crazy to me. Sexy Sadie was like awesome. Anyway, yeah, yeah. The other band was Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin, I'd always heard the name Led Zeppelin. Didn't know what it was. And I think I literally just like typed in YouTube or somewhere Led Zeppelin and just like started listening to a bunch of stuff. The first Led Zeppelin song I heard was, it might have been Stairway to Heaven. It was either Stairway to Heaven or Black Dog. And they're both awesome. But Stairway to Heaven, obviously, at the, blew my mind at the time. And also, I should mention, I was already listening to like other bands around from around the same time late 60s early 70s just not seriously i was listening to queen um my father would play a couple of pink floyd songs the who some Jimi hendrix you know but i never really paid attention until the beatles and led zeppelin then i started paying attention uh led zeppelin was the first album i ever paid for was it was called mothership I bought it on iTunes. Yeah, I'm one of those. The first album I ever bought was on iTunes. I never bought anything physical. And it was, um, I mean, I paid for it, like with my money, you know. And it was Led Zeppelin's Mothership, which I believe is like a, it was like a greatest hits. It's not like a legit Led Zeppelin album. It had like their most popular songs on it. And it was crazy. And then I just bought everything that Led Zeppelin did. And then the same with the Beatles. I bought everything that the Beatles did. It was amazing. My favorite Led Zeppelin song is mm, probably the Rain song or Since I've Been Loving You. Very different songs, but both great. Um, My favorite Led Zeppelin album 
is either the first just Led Zeppelin album, Led Zeppelin 1, or Physical Graffiti, which is great. Okay, so then right around the same time, I got introduced. Oh, and then so that made me just go back and start paying attention to all these bands that I'd been hearing of before from around the same time and just getting more into them. I got more into Jimi Hendrix. I got more into The Who. I started listening to, you know, the Beatles made me listen to The Rolling Stones and The Who and, like, The Beach Boys and The Hollies. And Led Zeppelin made me listen to, like, Hendrix and more Queen and then, like, Pink Floyd and stuff and all that's awesome. Pink Floyd's incredible. The Dark Side of the Moon is crazy. It's an amazing album. That album I heard late. I actually heard that album for the first time at like 17 or 18 years old. I don't remember. But I heard that album late. That album is insane. It's a very, it's a, it's a Pink Floyd are great. So then around that same time I discovered, by discovered I mean someone showed me Pearl Jam. And that one, I don't know why. I guess it was because I was going through a lot at the time. I was 14 or 15 when I was introduced to Pearl Jam. And I really connected with Pearl Jam. I liked the Beatles better and I liked Led Zeppelin better. But I connect, I felt Pearl Jam. And it's because, you know, it was a lot of... It was very emotional music, and I was very emotional at the time. And it was exactly what I needed to help me get through a lot of stuff. I was very sick at the time. My mother was really sick at the time. I was in high school. It wasn't working out. I was depressed. And Pearl Jam just hit the spot. And then Pearl Jam kind of got me deeper into, like... The Beatles made me really appreciate what people could do musically. Led Zeppelin made me appreciate uh, musicianship, you know, like how good guitarists and drummers and singers and bassists could be. Pearl Jam made me appreciate feeling, like songwriting ability in the sense of like conveying emotion. Even though, you know, the Beatles songs are not that emotional, I would say. I wouldn't say any of them are, are overly emotional. And the Led Zeppelin songs, you know, the bluesy ones, it's kind of manufactured. I don't buy it, you know. But the Pearl Jam songs, I felt like he felt like Eddie Vedder and the Stone Gossard and all of them. I felt like they felt it. Like they were getting something out. And it just hit home. And then I just started, you know what, I'm going to dive into that. And then I got into Nirvana, who, again, I'd heard, you know, previously, but not like that. I got into Alice in Chains. I got into uh, Soundgarden, you know, all that grungy stuff. And then uh, let me see, what, what year was it? The biggest... The most the, 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 the biggest life changing music 
came from a movie. It's not like a soundtrack. Although, I'm going to go on a tangent really quickly. My whole life, I've been listening to music. And for a long time in my youth, my favorite music were scores and soundtracks to films and video games. Um, the first time I'd ever decided that I wanted to make music was when I was, what's the math, eight or nine? I think I was eight, and I was playing Kingdom Hearts, the original Kingdom Hearts for the PlayStation 2. It must have been 2001 or 2002. And the music in that game floored me. The music in that game was incredible. It still is. It's great music. Yoko Shimomura, I believe, is the composer's name. She did a banging job composing that game because the music is beautiful. And that was the first time I decided I wanted to make music because I would play I would play the game and just listen to the music and I I remember going, "Man, somebody somebody's job is to make that music. Like somebody made that music." And you know, nobody really knows who they are. And I, I honestly think that's what attracted me to it. Is that they weren't like a famous person. It wasn't like a person. It wasn't like a singer or like a pop star or a rapper or something. It was like a uh, just a person who got to make really, really good music. And be like appreciated for it without like attention and fame. That's what attracted me to it. So for the longest time I always wanted to make music for video games. Or movies. Same thing. I really liked uh, the music to Forrest Gump and Titanic and... All that stuff. A bunch of Disney movies. Anyway, that was a tangent. But the music that most changed my life. Oh my goodness. My Echo. I don't know if you can hear it in the background. My Amazon Echo is now giving me Wikipedia information about Disney music. Which is... Shut up. I saw the movie... Vanilla Sky. I was... Let me see if I can remember how old I was. I'm not going to remember how old I was, but I remember that it was around the time... I think it was 2008 or 2009. Might have been 2008. I saw Vanilla Sky. Um... The movie did not come out in 2008. The movie came out like 2000 or something. But I'd always heard it was good. So I watched Vanilla Sky. And there's great music all over that movie. But the music that stood out to me was music by Sigur Rós. I think I'm pronouncing that right. I don't know. Everyone who pronounces it pronounces it differently. S-I-G-U-R-R-O-S. They're a band from Iceland. And I heard the music, and it was crazy. It was mind-blowing. It was very weird to me. I'd never heard music like that before. It was, it was, I thought it was a woman singing. It turns out it was a guy singing really high-pitched, long, holding long notes with all these weird noises in the background, this odd guitar, and the drums were kind of at this weird tempo and slow. And so I watched the credits to see if I could find the name of the band. 
after checking a bunch of different music from the credits, I found out who it was. Then I went to their website. And on their website at the time, they had free downloads of their music. So I downloaded, um, I believe it was three tracks. It might have been two tracks. I know for sure two, the two that I remember were uh, Untitled 4, which has since been named, but I don't know how to pronounce it. But that was the one in the movie. And the other one was a live performance of Untitled 1, which was named Vaka, V-A-K-A. And that one, it was it hit me. Like, I listened to it, and it, like, hurt. I know that sounds weird, but it was just, for where I was in my life, that music fit perfectly. And I didn't understand what he was saying. I didn't understand what the song was about, what he was saying. And the music was so different to anything I'd ever heard. Everything I'd ever heard before was so structured. There's a set tempo. You kind of get where it's going. It repeats. There's a chorus and a bridge and a verse and stuff. It's verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. You know, this stuff was different. It, it, it evolved over the course of the song slowly and progressed and just built up. Sometimes it would change dramatically. Sometimes it wouldn't change at all. Sometimes it just changed subtly. It was crazy. And so I bought that album. The album has no name. The album cover, it's a white cover with like flowers. They actually have different covers with different patterns, but it's always white with gray parentheses. So I guess it's called parentheses. I think people just call it Cigarose, like it's self-titled, but it has nothing written on the album. I bought the album and I listened to that album for, I don't, I listened to that album like on repeat every day for like a year. To this day, that is still my favorite album of all time. All of the songs are untitled. There's only eight tracks on it. All the songs are untitled. And it turns out that the singer isn't saying anything. He's singing in a made-up language. Just on that album. On the other albums, I he's saying stuff in Icelandic, but I don't speak that language anyway. So it's the same to me. But on this album... It's not saying anything. Um, the album is amazing. It is, it is still the only piece of art, the only artistic work that is the same every time I view it or listen to it. There are movies that are great and you can watch over and over and over again and eventually I'll get tired of it. There are albums that are great that I can listen to over and over and over again, but eventually I'll get tired of it or not be in the mood. But this album is consistently amazing. Every time I listen to it, it's mind-blowing. I feel like it's amazing. 
the music for those of you listening if anyone's listening who haven't heard it before i doubt you have most people haven't but more people than i thought have heard of them the music sounds like if you gave if you explained the concept of music to someone who had never heard it before like if somebody had gone if a group let's let's say a group of people had gone like their whole entire lives without ever hearing music and then you just gave them a bunch of instruments explained to them sort of how they work and then explain to them the concept of music. Like, oh, you all play these together to try to make stuff sound good. That's what that music sounds like. It's like a bunch of people who didn't know that there were rules that everyone followed. Who didn't know. And it's just amazing. It's amazing. Pretty much every track, every song on the album is like eight minutes long or longer. That's why it's only eight. Um... The guitarist does this really cool thing where he plays the guitar with a bow. Like he he bows it like a violin or a cello. He bows it with like a ton of reverb and all these effects on it. it sounds crazy, amazing. The drummer drums really hard and the drums are used in a way that I've never heard drums used before or since, I don't think. In a sense that the drums aren't really there to keep rhythm or to get you nodding your head. They're there to add musicality. They're there they're they're another element to the sound. I don't know how to explain it. It's crazy. Uh the bass is 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 a it's I don't know. <laughs> the bass is like heart wrenching. Like, just the chord progressions are, ah, uh, And the singing is crazy. Because the singer's just belting all these really high-pitched, sometimes not. It's it's just, I don't know. you got to just listen to the album. It's not for everyone, but it's crazy. The only live performance I've ever seen, the only concert I've ever seen, the only band I've ever seen perform live are them. And it was amazing. Uh, I don't know what else to say about the album because I I think I've said enough. It's just incredible. Um, it's I guess it's not for everybody. It's not easily digestible. I will say for me, I it hit me immediately. It's like it's my kind of music. It hit me immediately, and I've since listened to everything that they've done, and they're my favorite band of all time. They're amazing. Um. If I had to rank their albums, I would rank that one, number one. That's my favorite album of all time. Number two would be Doc, Doc, Doc. I don't know how it's pronounced. It's T-A-K-K, which I believe is pronounced. I mean, which I believe means thank you in Icelandic. That album's amazing. Number three, controversially probably, would be Valtari. I think it's how it's pronounced. V-A-L-T-A-R-Y. I, which it came out relatively recently. It's their second to last album. Um, fourth would probably be 
I don't know how to pronounce it. A J Spurgeon. I don't know how it's pronounced. But the cover is blue and it has like a blue alien fetus looking thing on the cover. It's cool. Then after that would be Again, I don't know how to pronounce it. Vidspilim something something. It's like a bunch of naked dudes running in a field. That's the album cover. And then after that, it's kind of whatever. I don't know. They're all the same. They're all great. None of their albums are bad. Okay. Let me move on to someone else. Anyway, so that blew my mind. That's like 15, 16-year-old me. I don't know what the math is on the age. Blew my mind. Most life-changing moment for real. It made me realize how impactful music can be and how the rules didn't have to apply and you can still make music that was incredible. And then that just put me on this road of just listening to all types of stuff. Through Cigarettes, I got exposed to a bunch of stuff, a bunch of like post-rock stuff, a bunch of ambient stuff bunch of um, math rock like all these different genres i even started getting into like metal and hardcore like a bunch of stuff through that band because they're so you know hard to describe their music then i went a couple of years after that i would say i was maybe 18, 19, and I discovered pretty much the complete opposite of Cigarettes. <laughs> I discovered this emo band from Chicago called American Football. American Football is a great band. At the time when I discovered them, they had only ever released one album back in like 98 or something. And that album is great. Now that changed my life in a different way than Cigarettes did. It didn't it blow my mind musically. It was very good music. It's very good music. American football is great music. I love listening to American football. It's another one that's similar. Where most, pretty much any time I listen to American football, it's great. Sometimes I'm like, ah, not in the mood for it. But most of the time I'm like, this is great stuff. And American football is responsible that album that band is responsible for me deciding to play guitar i had decided to play i decided that i wanted to play guitar when i was 13 when i was listening to the beatles and then i also decided that it was too hard and i quit and there was too much going on in my life because i was depressed and so i quit the first time but when i rediscovered when i discovered american football i decided i'm going to learn to play guitar again i'm going to learn to play electric guitar and i'm going to write cool stuff like this and if you listen to any of my shitty music, you can totally hear the American football influence on my guitar playing. Um, American football was... It was guitar parts that were simple, but played and layered in a way that was complex. But it wasn't difficult. Like, I listened to the music, and I really liked it, and it sounded really good. And I thought, this can't be that hard to play. It sounds like a bunch is going on, but there's two guitars. And I can see what each of them are doing. I can tell what each of them are doing. And it sounds so good. It also kind of introduced me to the whole math Rocky thing. A little more. 
I don't know if American football would be categorized as math rock, but it's sort of math rock. For those of you who don't know what math rock is, math rock is basically rock music that isn't in 4-4 tempo. It's in a bunch of weird different time signatures, or sometimes the time changes multiple times during the song. It You gotta just listen to it to hear it. First song of American football I ever heard was Never Meant, which is probably their best song. Uh, it's definitely like the coolest riff. It's like one of the coolest riffs, like guitar riffs ever written. It's so cool. The other thing about American football that was interesting to me was that it was, um, I would say, emotionally ambiguous. What I mean by that is that I could listen to the music and feel like it was uplifting and poppy and happy and also listen to the same song and feel like it was sad or, you know, melancholy or something, you know? And it, that was very interesting to me where I, I was like, how how can I write one song that has, like, multiple moods? Anyway, yeah, so American football, and then American football got me into tons of math rock stuff. Uh, this Town Needs Guns, which are great math rock. Got me into a bunch of emo stuff, too. I got into, uh, or like, a lot of mid- Midwest-type emo, math rocky punk stuff. Got me into into it over it, which is Evan Wise. Got me into Mike Kinsella. Mike Kinsella is the guitarist of American Football and a singer. And it got me into his solo stuff. He has a solo project called Owen, which is the greatest acoustic guitar writing and playing ever I've ever heard ever. Still, my favorite like one of my favorite guitarists because of the way he plays the acoustic guitar and the way he writes for it. He's the perfect acoustic guitarist. And he's a great songwriter, too. Got me into... uh, Let me see. Tiny Moving Parts. Stuff like that. A lot of great mathy, punk kind of emo bands. Started listening to a lot of post-rock again. And then the last band I'm going to talk about uh, changed my life because I discovered them right about like a couple, maybe around the same time as American football, but I didn't really discover them like that until like I was already trying to make music. And I'm actually going to talk about two bands because they both have a very similar impact. The first is a band that almost nobody's heard of called Ocean Size, which unfortunately I discovered just after they had broken up or like a year or two after they had broken up and were no longer a band. Ocean Size is one of the greatest bands of all time. I'm just going to go out there and say it. My second favorite album of all time is Frames by Ocean Size. Frames. It's an amazing album. It's very similar to... The Cigarose album, in that it's eight tracks. All of them are like eight minutes or longer. But it's very cohesive. That whole album, musically, sonically, it fits a theme. It's, it doesn't change moods to, to tone out. It's the same. It's great. Ocean Size changed me in the way that it was very humbling and showed me that I will never be... Like, I will never be as good at music as Ocean Size are. 
Ocean sides are incredible. If you like mathy, metal type, hard prog rock, Ocean Size is where it's at. They're incredible. The guitarists, the drummer, like Led Zeppelin are great. And I would say Ocean Size are better musicians than Led Zeppelin. The only thing I would say is that Mike Venart, the singer of Ocean Size, is not a better singer than Robert Plant. But he's still an amazing singer. But Ocean Size were crazy. I had, the first song I heard of theirs was called Music for a Nurse. I don't remember how I heard it, but I had heard it on YouTube somewhere, I believe. And I was like, oh, this is a cool song. And Music for a Nurse is the most pop Ocean Size song they have. It is the least Ocean Size ocean size song on their list everything else ocean size did is crazy to the point where the first time i heard anything other than music for a nurse i didn't like it i thought this is dumb i heard music for a nurse it sounded kind of post-rocky and cool and i was like oh man this song's cool let me listen to more stuff from this album and then it was all over the place and i couldn't understand what the hell was going on the time signature was crazy the drums were doing one thing. The guitarists were doing all this other stuff. The singer's words weren't making any sense. I was like, this song, this band is trash. Everything else I listened to, I didn't get. I don't know what happened that made me go back and give them another try. But once I started paying attention and listening more and more, and it started clicking what was actually going on, what they were doing, I was like, oh my God. These guys are brilliant this is amazing so ocean size is the most rewarding band the most rewarding musical experience and it's like i had to work for it like a lot of their songs i would listen to i had to listen to multiple times like eight ten twelve times before i finally understood what the hell they were doing and then once it clicks what their sound is and what they're doing you get the rest of their discography and it you, it clicks and it's like, my God, these guys were geniuses. Brilliant. Amazing. And shout out to Venart. Mike Venart, the lead singer, has a new group out called Venart. It's kind of a solo project, kind of not really. It's him and two other former members of Ocean Size with a new drummer. And... I believe he writes most of the stuff, but it's as close as anyone can get to more ocean size stuff. And as of me recording this right now, I think he's like one month away from releasing a new album and his stuff's great. He's got a new, a new song. Uh, I don't remember what it's called, but you can see the video on YouTube of them playing it live. And it's insane. Just type in Venart. Um, geez, what is the song called? He says something like, we're going to Mars. And, uh, man, I hate that I don't know the name of the song, but it's a great song. Anyway, so Ocean Size elevated my standards, really, and unfortunate in a bad way, too, because everything else sounded horrible next to Ocean Size. I got, I became like sort of an elitist douche. Like I would listen, I listen to Ocean Size and I would hear other recommendations and other bands. People be like, oh man, you listen to Arctic Monkeys? I'm like, yeah, Arctic Monkeys are cool, but they're not Ocean Size. Shout out to Arctic Monkeys, though. Their first album, whatever people say I am, that's what I'm not. I think that's the name of the album. That's a great album. Great album. All the songs are awesome. 
great like rock punk pop album and their latest album uh tranquility bass hotel and casino is great i tried to tell my uncle to get into them the the album i don't think he got into it he said he couldn't get over the hurdle of how difficult how different it sounded from the rest of arctic monkeys but i like it it's up i think it's like their best album since their first album it's great anyway that was a stupid tangent anyway so ocean size like showed me like it it's there's always someone better and it showed me again like really what people could do the second band is radiohead i keep saying second band the other band alongside ocean size that I discovered around the same time, around a similar time, was Radiohead. Radiohead, I'd always heard. Radiohead, I'd always, you know, oh, everyone's heard Creep and Karma Police. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, they're cool. And I would listen to, like, um, I don't know, what was that weird song off of OK Computer? Um, I'm going to feel like an idiot if I don't remember the name. No, no, no surprises. That one, no surprises. I listened to that one. I was like, oh, that's cool. It's weird. And blah, blah, blah. But I never really got into Radiohead like that. And then I heard In Rainbows. This was like 2010, 11, 12. I don't remember what year it was. I heard In Rainbows. And the first song from In Rainbows that I heard was Reckoner. And I was like, wow, this song is great. It's all awesome. And here's a funny story. The first time I ever had a full-blown like anxiety attack as like a non six-year-old eight-year-old boy like when i knew what anxiety attacks were was during listening to reckoner by radiohead i actually hated it too because i thought that i was forever going to associate that song with anxiety and then i thought i was going to get anxiety every time i heard that song but no that hasn't happened i listen to the song all the time but yeah first time i ever had a full-blown anxiety attack i was listening to reckoner uh turns out what it was was that i had a migraine and so i took a bunch of like excedrin and i basically like od'd on caffeine and that's why I had the anxiety. But anyway, I listened to it in Rainbows. And I was like, man, this album's dope. This freaking Body Snatcher song is crazy. This song Nude is crazy. This song Weird Fishes is crazy. The whole album's really good. In Rainbows. And I was like, this is dope. This is like, I never heard songs written like this before. And then I started going back and listening to all of Radiohead's discography. And... I would say OK Computer is probably in my top five. I think it's like this my sixth favorite album is OK Computer. It's an amazing album. The music on that song, that album is all really good. I like uh, I like everything except for. I'm not a huge fan of Karma Police. It's a great song. It's just I think I heard it too much. I'm not a huge fan of Karma Police and um, Fitter, Happier, that one. I'm not a big fan of that one. I think that's it. All their other ones, Electioneering is great. Uh, Subterranean, whatever, is great. Airbag is great. Lucky's great. Um, what is this one called? The 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 jeez, what is it called? Rain down, rain down, come on, rain down, dun 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 dun. What the freak? How come I not? 
I listen to this album like really fairly regularly. But now because I'm on a podcast and I want to talk about it, I don't remember the damn names of the songs. This homesick alien, right? What what is it freaking called? It's with a P. Stupid. Paranoid Android. There you go. Why am I it's like I'm trying to prove I listen to the album. You I listen to the album. I just said it. it's like my sixth favorite album. That whole album is great. Um and then and Rainbows is like in my top ten albums. Um, Kid A, I'm not a huge fan of, but it's got some great songs. Amnesiac is another one. I'm not a giant fan of, but it's got some great songs. The same with Hail to the Thief. Is it Hail to the Thief or Hail to the King? The hell is it called? The name of the album. Whatever, that album's great. Um, not my favorite. Um, I like, uh... What is the name of that album? It was like their second album. The one after Pablo Honey, which I don't like at all. Um, the one with the crash test dummy. Whatever that album is, is also great. <laughs> the one with freaking uh, fake plastic trees and all those great songs. I can't believe I don't remember the name of that album now. Uh... Anyway, Radiohead's great. And they, alongside Ocean Size, did that whole thing where they're like, oh, man, people can be really, really, really good at music. Oh, Radiohead's new album, shout out to that one, A Moon-Shaped Pool. It took me like a year or more to finally get to that album. I, I, I got to it like probably this year, probably like January or February of this year. I finally got to it. I don't remember. I don't think it was that long ago. But that album's great, too. Um... Shout out to Radiohead. Okay. So. Now. Who's left? There's only one other. Band. That I would say. Impacted me or changed my life in some way musically. And this one's a weird one for me. Because it's a genre of music I never listened to. And. It's the only one where I've. Listened to other bands in the same or similar genre and don't like them and it's the only one that i initially hated but like couldn't get over something that made me kept going back and listening to it and this is the other one this album i would say is my fifth favorite album of all time and that album is wildlife by la dispute la dispute is an awesome band just because of this album i listened to their other stuff their other albums are pretty good too but I, none of them have reached in my opinion the the amazingness of wildlife wildlife is a crushing album it's hard it's deep i discovered uh la dispute through a YouTube channel called Audio Tree. It's a YouTube channel. I mean, I, they have a YouTube channel. I'm sure they're like their own company and they just put their stuff on YouTube. But it's like a studio where they invite different bands or artists to come record like a live session and they interview them and then they like post the video. Audio Tree, anyway. And I was listening to Audio Tree. I was listening to a bunch of other bands on Audio Tree. 
And so YouTube just like recommended me Law Dispute. I believe that's how I discovered them. And it's the singing. The singing is very hard to get used to, especially for someone like me. I suspect for most people it's very hard to get used to because the singer screams. Like it doesn't sound like he's singing. He is singing. It's very difficult to sing the way he does. It sounds random though. When you first listen to it, it sounds like he's just talking loudly. But I will say the singer, I don't remember his name. I think it's like Jeremy something is an amazing songwriter. Incredible songwriter. And as far as songwriting has influenced me more than anyone. Even more than Mike Kinsella, who's influenced me mostly on songwriting. This album, Wildlife, helped me get through a lot of shit because it's a dark album. The album is written... All of the songs are either... Uh, let me try to explain it. It's difficult to explain. The album is is supposed to be written down. And it's supposed to be a person... I think the singer, but I think the singer says it's supposed to be like a character. Writing down notes and letters. Sort of like a journal. About depression. And existentialism. And, and all this dark stuff. And then in between the letters are songs. All the, the letters are songs too. But in between the letters are other songs that are stories that the person's recalling or telling. That are supposed to be true stories. And the whole album is about this person trying to cope. Trying to, trying to make sense in his head of how horrible the world can be and people can be and life can be and how painful it can be and how difficult it can get and yet we still have to deal with it it's about how he doesn't know how to deal with it he talks about depression he talks about pain he talks about loneliness some of the songs are about are true stories like a woman you know one of the songs is about a woman whose son died of cancer when he was four years old or eight I think he was four another song was about a, 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 a kid who was shot a stray bullet hit him during like a gang shootout in the streets and the kid was just like riding his bike or something Another song is about a dude with schizophrenia. Like, it's dark. And it's about loss. Like, losing people. Like, either dying or them leaving you or whatever. It's a dark album. It's very raw. And a lot of what the singer or the protagonist, let's say, of the album was thinking and going through was exactly what I was thinking and going through when listening to it. 
when I discovered it. It was crazy. It was like meant for me to find this album. Um, the, the song that connected to me the most is called A Letter. And I had related to that song 100% when I heard it first. It, 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 I couldn't believe like how crazy it was. And it helped. Just knowing that I wasn't the only one thinking this and feeling this way. And that there was someone else out there who is going through stuff like this. The whole album helps because the whole album is about stuff like that. I have like the, I had this fear when the album came out. I still get it sometimes. Where there's a song where he's talking about how he's afraid all the time because he's he knows that bad things are going to happen. Something horrible will happen. Someone's going to die or he's going to die. He's going to experience loss. The future is going to be horrible at some point. It's not all going to be amazing roses and dandelions and just fun and awesome. It's going to suck horribly at some point. It's going to be devastatingly bad. And him wondering if he'll be able to deal with it, if he'll be able to handle it, if he'll be able to live on. How will he handle it? How won't he just go crazy? How won't he just break down? How will he be able to deal with it? If he can't even deal with what's going on now. And I feel like that still sometimes. I go, oh my gosh. I can't do... Here's the reason... One of the reasons I haven't recorded a podcast in so long is because I've been in a bit of a depression. Uh, I'm overwhelmed. There's a lot of stuff going on in my life right now that I don't want to get into necessarily on the podcast but there's a lot of stuff going on in my personal life a lot of stuff going on with my family a lot of stuff going on with my health a lot of stuff going on with my future what a lot of stuff going on and everything's just kind of up in the air and nothing's really getting resolved and there's just a bunch of problems all at the same time and today is right now i'm recording this it's the 18th of august but it's late at night, so I probably won't release it today. I'll probably release it uh, sometime next week. I'll talk more about that at the end. But a, maybe two weeks ago, I had the worst panic attack of my life. It was very bad. I I was hyperventilating. I couldn't feel my face. Or my hands. Or my legs. My chest was hurting. My ears were ringing. Um, I couldn't regain control of my breath. I couldn't control what I was doing at all. For like. 10 minutes. And I thought. It was just bad. Everything was blue. Like my vision was. Obscured. Everything felt like it was shaking. It was bad. It was an incredibly difficult it was the worst panic attack I've ever had. And it was just because I was so overwhelmed. There was so much going on. There still is, but I'm dealing with it better now. Anyway, this album helps me through stuff like that because that's what it's about. I 
it's a difficult album to get into, though. I will say that. Of all of the music I've suggested, it's probably the most difficult to get into because the singing, a lot of people won't like it. And I will say I hated it in the beginning, and now I like it. But only on this album. Wildlife. So you know what? Let me just go through my top five albums. Here are my top five albums. Number one. No, let's start at number five because we were just talking about it. Number five, I'm going to say is Wildlife by Law Dispute. Number five. Number four. Number four. I mean, if I'm being honest, three of my top five albums are Cigarose albums. So let me do this. I'm going to just recommend five albums. <laughs> so I guess Wildlife by Law Dispute, I'll recommend. Nobody's going to like it. First of all, nobody's going to listen to it because nobody's listening to this podcast and nobody, nobody heard these recommendations. Let's be honest. There's like two of you and I think one of you, I know who you are. Uh, so, but you know, just in case in the future, somebody stumbles upon this podcast and uh, passes out with the headphones on and didn't pause it way before this. Wildlife by Law Dispute. It's a dark album. Um, it's very hard to get into. You're going to hate it. But if you take your time, you're going to love it. It's amazing. Number four, I guess I would say um, listen to OK Computer or In Rainbows by Radiohead. Either one of those. Matter of fact, those could be four and three. Let's make In Rainbows 4 and OK Computer 3. They're very different albums. Incredibly well. Good. Amazing albums. Oh, no, no, no. That was stupid. I'm not going to do that. Let's make that 4. <laughs> 4 is either OK Computer or In Rainbows. Whichever one you want or both. Great albums. Shows you like how dope music can be and how different songs can be and still sound good. And they don't have to all sound the same. Also, a lot of great guitar playing on that album. Number three recommendation. The, the top three recommendations, three, two, and one, are also just going to be my top three favorite albums. Number three, I'm going to recommend American Football by American Football. The name of the album is just American Football. Now, since 1998 they released one more album and i believe it came out 2016 or 2017 a year or or two ago it's also a good album but just go to the first one it's just called american football by american football the album cover is just a green picture of a house of a white house with like these white borders and it says americ and football like there's a space between the, it says americ and then on the bottom it says and football but it's american football great album a lot of cool guitar on it. All right songs. Cool drumming. Number two would be Frames by Ocean Size. Now, Frames is the best Ocean Size album, in my opinion. It's the most amazing Ocean Size album. Oh, I didn't talk about any of the songs. The best song on the album, right now, I'm going to say it's... Um... um only twin but my favorite song on that album has changed over the course when it first started my favorite song was 
the frame, then it was Trail of Fire, then it was Old Friend of the Christie's, then it was Savant, then it was Commemorative T-shirt. Well, it's been pretty much every song on the album. But as of right now, it's Only Twin is the best song. That song's amazing. It's incredible. I will say this album is also difficult to get into. You're almost definitely not going to know what the hell's going on when you first listen to it. It's going to sound very confusing and very weird, and your brain's not going to be able to make sense of it, and it's just going to sound wrong. It's going to sound wrong. It's going to sound like they don't know what they're doing. It's going to sound wrong. But it's amazing. And at number one, my favorite album of all time is Parentheses by Cigaros. I don't think that's what it's called. It's Untitled. Maybe it's called Untitled. I don't know. I bet if you put Untitled Cigaros album or if you just put Cigaros album, it'll come up. It came out like 2000 or 99 or 2001. One of those three years. It's a white cover with parentheses on it and all of the songs are called Untitled number one, Untitled two, Untitled, get it, all the way up to eight. That's the most amazing album ever. And uh, honorable mentions, listen to some Beatles. You know what I'm saying? Give them some love. They were ahead of their time, sort of. I mean, the Beach Boys. The Beach Boys really started what made the Beatles dope. And Pet Sounds is great. If you've never listened to Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys, that album is fantastic. That album is amazing, too. Yeah, let's just just do some honorable mentions right now. Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys. Uh, The Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd. Physical Graffiti by Led Zeppelin. Let's go with... uh, What else? If... The the best Beatles album, in my opinion, and also the easiest for most people to get into as far as like the late Beatles stuff is Abbey Road. Great album. Abbey Road. Amazing. Especially the second half. Um, What else? Listen to the Slim Shady LP. <laughs> nah, that's a joke. Although the Slim Shady LP is great. But no, it doesn't fit in with this. I prefer the Marshall Mallows LP though. The first one, not the second one. Um, no, maybe another day I'll do a podcast about like my favorite hip hop albums. I grew up on hip hop also. Like I've probably listened to more hip hop. No, that's not true. But I've listened, I listened to hip hop my whole life. I grew up, you know, I live in New York and I grew up in the nineties. So I was surrounded by hip hop. Shout out to, um, souls of mischief and the whole, uh, hieroglyphics. <laughs> Shout out to Tribe Called Quest. Shout out to Wu Tang. All that stuff. Nas. Blah blah blah. Now I'm just trying to get attention from the people who like hip hop. Anyway, as far as other music recommendations, listen to some video game soundtracks. They don't get enough love. Go listen to the soundtrack to uh, Legend of Zelda: Twilight Princess or Ocarina of Time. Listen to the soundtrack to the first two Kingdom Hearts games. Or any of them, really, but the first two. Um, listen to the soundtrack to uh, Flower. That's a great soundtrack. Flower. Journey. Uh, Skyrim has a great soundtrack. Oh, Bioshock. Let's get... The Bioshock soundtrack is great. First of all, the songs, like the song selection of like actual songs is great. They got a lot of the ink spots and stuff like that. It's dope. But like the composer, I don't remember his name right now. I don't remember his name. 
I wish I did though. Did a great job. Listen to Cohen's masterpiece. That that thing's awesome. That thing's crazy on the piano. It's amazing. But yeah, shout out to game composers. They don't get enough credit. Jeremy Soul. The guy who did Bioshock. I can't believe I don't remember his name right now. It's upsetting. And uh, Yoko Shimamura. And shout out to Joe Hisaishi. The film composer. Who does a lot of Studio Ghibli stuff. Or Ghibli. I don't know how it's pronounced. Dispirited Away and all that amazing stuff. Shout out to him. Alright, that's it. I'm done. That was the end of the podcast. I'm going to stop talking now about music. Um, so, what I wanted to get to, though, before I end the podcast, is I, I, I want to get this on a regular schedule. So, this is what my plan is. Uh, I'm going to try to release a new episode every Thursday. Every Thursday. That doesn't really matter to you, because you, whoever is listening to this, is almost definitely listening to this in the future, because... I have like two people listening to this right now because this is only like episode four or five or something. So there's really nobody listening. So you don't really have to worry about the schedule. But yeah, I'm going to try to release it every Thursday. Uh, the reason I picked Thursday is because it starts with a TH and is easy to remember. Neko thinks things on Thursday. <laughs> so I'll try to release a new episode every Thursday. What I might do is record multiple episodes a week so that I can just have some saved up. I'll just record episodes that aren't time sensitive, you know, that aren't, that the topic isn't relevant to like what's going on, which it so far it hasn't been. I'm not talking about like politics or world news or anything. I suspect I probably won't ever because this is all about me because I'm selfish right now. No, but yeah, I probably won't. Probably the topics won't be topical. It'll probably just be stuff on my mind. That's the point of the podcast anyway. But yeah, so this will probably go up Thursday. Maybe between now and then I'll record more stuff and I'll try to be consistent with the releases. All right, cool. Um, Like and subscribe. No, that's a joke. This isn't going up anywhere. But uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. I think this is probably the longest podcast I've recorded so far because I can talk forever about music. It was kind of rambly, I know. Topic was kind of all over the place. It was a very general topic. I was just talking about music, not specific. But you know what? Sometimes that's going to happen on this podcast. But yeah, if you want to comment or whatever, because I'm putting this on Anchor, apparently people can leave comments or something. Let me know what your favorite albums are. Like, I'm legit interested. If I've heard it before, I'll let you know. If I haven't, I'll probably listen to it. And yeah, I always like discovering new music. Oh, one last shout out. Try to listen to the Arctic Monkeys' newest album. It's really good, and I don't think it's getting enough attention. Tranquility-based hotel and casino. It's great. Anyway, yeah. Leave a comment or whatever. I don't know what people say at the end of these podcasts. I always try to end it, right? I always try to end it fancy and stupid. I should just end it. I should just say bye. I already forgot what it was that I said last time I was going to say every time I end it. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Thanks for listening. And I hope you have a really good day. And uh, see you next time. I'm actually not going to see anybody. But later. <laughs>